That means this game is over. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. McCaffrey's going to get it, and he walks in. Touchdown, San Francisco. Here's Birdie looking, firing in. Oh, caught. Ayuk, touchdown. And the ball came out. Ball is loose. Who's got it? Sports show. Welcome to the Mixed Pick Sports Show. It is Monday morning, January, what is it today? 29th of uh, 2024. Let's say hi to Steve Mickelson from MixPicks.com. Two K's in Mix, two K's in Picks. MixPicks.com. Good morning, Steve. Um, we're going to dive right into it. Phone number is 888-989-9811. You can email us, rad at radradio.com. You know, a lot of times, Steve, when I when I prep what we're going to talk about or prep the show, I'll come in with just reams of, of stuff, but, but there. There, there's no reason for that uh, today because we lived it. We lived what everybody's talking about yesterday. Uh, if we have time, we're, we'll talk a little about uh, the NBA. They got full docket to, tonight, uh, and uh, the uh, the Kings are playing Memphis. But, I mean, it, yesterday was, was the thing, right? And uh, your Detroit Lions and my San Francisco 49ers. We got an email from uh, uh, Steven who says, The Lions have one person to blame, Coach Dan Campbell. He cost the team the win with one call, three points, instead of going for the touchdown at the end of the second quarter, I could feel the energy die from the team. It's like he waved the right flag, white flag and the 49ers took full advantage by the third. By the time the Lions showed back up, they weren't playing for the win. They were playing out of desperation. Um, what do you think about that, Steve? Yeah, I think it's true. I think it was Dan Campbell's 10-cup moment. You know, yes, you can convert this one out of 10 times, but the safe thing to do is to lay up, in this case, kick the field goal, go up by 17. The 49ers have been frustrated the whole game. Nothing was going right for them. The second that they stopped it, the momentum swung towards the 49ers. Then when they scored the touchdown, you could feel it. I mean, the wind was out of the Lions' sail, and then the fumble and the touchdown again immediately, you know, game tied. That that was a huge swinging point. But I can't pin it all on Dan Campbell. I mean, he's the one who got him there. I, I mean, without Dan Campbell, the Lions never have this kind of season aren't in the NFC Championship game. They're not up 17 at halftime. I'm just hoping that he learns going forward. I understand being aggressive, and there's times you want to show – confidence in your team up 14 about to go up 17 and take total control of the game probably not the time to sit back and say you know what let's take a gamble here and hope we get a hard eight or something like that on one <laughs> of the dice you, you and i were texting back and forth in in real time uh as this was happening and you know we we, ha we made that point it's like well look this is this is campbell's style um mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say as, as a as a niner fan at that point in the game, I was convinced the Niners were going to lose, uh, and and when they went for it on that on that fourth down, I was I was convinced they would just get the first down because that was that was the way things had been feeling, and when it, I mean I w I wasn't celebrating when they didn't get the 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 first down, but something shifted really quickly and and it it shifted it on the field in the stadium, and. It was palpable. It, it, it was the end of the third quarter when you had announced to me the game was over and it was tied. But you were basing that on what you were seeing and feeling, I'm guessing, from the teams and, and the fans in the stadium. Absolutely. The momentum took such a huge swing towards the 49ers. And when they went for it and didn't get it, you know, my thought was, uh-oh, here we go. 
and then the 49ers. You had to believe halfway down that drive to scoring. You were like, all right, here we go. We got the momentum. We're finally clicking on offense. Here we go. And then they punch it in. And as soon as, you know, Gibbs fumbled it, what, the first, second play of the, the Lions' next possession and the Niners recovered. By all rights, I mean, all the momentum was with the 49ers at that point. There was nothing on the Lions. Everything the Lions had done to that point went right out the window. Their offense from that point on was like, uh-oh, what are we doing here? We just blew this game, and we're in trouble. The Lions knew it. The fans knew it. And the 49ers had that confidence. They did have confidence. When the Lions took the ball opening drive and went down and scored oh. so easily, the 49ers fans, and, and you got to believe the Niners players went, uh-oh, what just happened here? And then when the Lions went and did it again, it was like, oh, no, we could be in serious trouble here. And I don't think the Niners ever recovered until they stopped them on that fourth and two. And for that point, it was the first time, hey, look, we just got some air. Maybe we can turn this around. And that's what ended up happening. The, the, the fumble is when I started to feel it. That was, that was to me like, okay, we, we've, we've had one break. Okay, now that, that was when I personally started to go, okay. We, but you go back to the beginning of that game. It was, I mean, it was, uh, I was shell-shocked because not only did the Lions jump out and do exactly what I said the Niners had to do, get the lead early, but they were doing it exactly the way you said they would and they could. They were pounding the run against the Niners, and the Lions looked unstoppable for, for that first quarter. And it was, it was, I, I was, I, I was like, guy, damn it. It, it. That was, I, so I, I asked you earlier. Do you, so I mean we have the email you said you can't pin it all on on Dan Campbell. And no. in the moment, you know, it's like, look, this is what I've done all season. I get why why he did it. But in the end, it's that classic thing of is it was this you have said the whole time, the whole year. The Niners are the best team in the NFL, most talented team in in the NFL. They've had two playoff games in a row that for Niner fans have been heart stoppers and they've had to come back. Now, great teams make things happen, great teams win, a win is a win as you like to say. But did is that what the Niners did yesterday, or did the Lions just blow it? I think it was a combination of things. I think do believe the 49ers were shell-shocked watching what the Lions were doing and executing it so easily. I was a little disappointed in Shanahan, and we had talked about it last week in this show on how Shanahan has that same attitude of, look, I'm going to impose my will on my opponent. I'm going to run the ball regardless of if the defense can take it away. And to me, Shanahan played right into the Lions, you know, game plan in that is he went with that, look, I'm going to try to impose my will. It wasn't working, but he was continuing to try to do it. And in the meantime, the Lions right at that 49ers defense, it was the perfect game plan for the Lions and until that call from that point on it, it shifted. I do believe that the lions kicked the field goal. The lions are playing in the super bowl uh, when they went for it. And I know that's Dan Campbell style, but my belief has always been if you're ahead, keep taking the points, make your opponents chase you. I believe that all the way to minus three, you know, if you're three points behind kick the field goal, tie the game, make it a new game. But when you're more than three points down, I get that call. I, I'm not against it. You have to understand the situation, the momentum in the game, where it's at, 
And Campbell, again, without Dan Campbell, the Lions aren't in that situation. But I'm hoping he learns from that and says, hey, look. And he's never going to say it out loud. Who who wants to hear, yeah, I blew that. that that's, that's not a style. It's not what it is. Every head coach in the NFL, every time they go for it on fourth down and short in that situation, believes they're going to get it. That's why they make the call. So for him to say, yeah, I wasn't sure we'd even get it is ridiculous. Don't even ask the question. He knew it. He had confidence in his players, which is great. But sometimes you just got to be smart, take the safe way, go up 17 and never give the Niners the momentum back and that's what he failed to do. Phone number is 888-989-9811. You can email us, rad at radradio.com. Sim- similar things said differently. We got this email from MDG. It says there's a different set of rules between the regular season and the playoffs. Dan Campbell's insistence on doing what he did during regular season, going forward on fourth downs, is what sunk the Lions. Playoffs are different. Every down, every play, every point mattered. Like Steve said, hopefully he learned a lesson. Steve, I, I, I don't think this is how Dan Campbell made this decision. I, I'm I'm so over analytic at this point. Um, it, they were talking about it during the game yesterday. Sure enough, all the stories this morning, the ESPN analytics favored Dan Campbell's decision to go for it on two fourth downs, blah, blah, blah. Now, Campbell is like the one guy that, that I don't I – mean, analytics gets shoved down baseball managers' throats more than any other sport. I don't think Dan Campbell's sitting there listening to his analytic guy up in the booth. It just so happened that analytics showed that they should have gone for it. But you and the emailer are correct. It, it, because this is win or go home, you got to take a step back there and go, okay, I know I've done this all season, uh, but no, we got we got to secure the points. But uh, trying to justify going for it through analytics drives me nuts about the sports world these days. Uh, I believe me, I was out front with the analytics when they first came out. I thought they were very useful tools but keep in mind they're useful tools it should never be making your full decisions because it doesn't pass the eye test on a lot of these different situations playoffs are different win or go home regular season hey look i blew that one you hope you learn your lesson you still have x amount of games to still play during the regular season i'm tired of the analytics to me it's an excuse for making a really bad decision and not taking self-responsibility. Let's blame the analytics. My analytics said to go for it, and that's the reason we did it. Here's a thought. You're the head coach. Go for it because you believe that's right, and don't bring up the analytics, or when you blow it, hey, look, you know, I really thought we had it. We didn't get it. I'm not going to blame my analytics because my analytics said to go. No, you said to go for it. And it was the wrong decision because you were playing with your heart, not your brain. So uh, let's go to the other side of the ball um, because I agree with you. And I, and I know it's the lazy answer. This isn't what most uh, sports uh, talk uh, shows, TV or radio uh, offer. Where No, you got you to gotta, you gotta pick one. Did the Lions lose or did the, did the Niners win? It's almost always both. And, you know, the, the reports are. You know, Niners go into the, the at halftime down 17. I'm demoralized on on the sofa. I'm like, God, what what in the world are we doing here? Um, and the reports are that they went in there. Kyle Shanahan said uh, it, during one of the post halftime interviews he did, be so in real time, that the attitude in the locker room was, we're we're not going home. This is not the last day. And and yeah, they shored up. Uh, they talked about shoring up some things, defense and all that. I, I just I and there were some incredible breaks. That that throw that Purdy made 
uh, off of his back foot, throwing the wrong way. The, in the, that was caught in the middle of the field. Uh, was that Jennings? I forget because yeah, I was... Je Jennings's catch was unbelievable. There's no way he should have went up with the one hand, caught the ball. Never should have caught that ball. And again, that was a backbreaking catch yep. for the Lions too, because if he doesn't catch it, Lions get the ball back. Here we go. Maybe we've you know continued to you know move the ball and and be aggressive but that catch was was incredible it was it was it was it, and it was one it was also there was another moment where as a fan who's been watching for 40 plus years you go okay these are the things that happen to you when you win and, and the fumble we already talked about but there is an element too of I, and I don't know if I'm glamorizing this because I'm a fan of the Niners but there's an element of sheer will and willpower and yes they are incredibly talented and oh by the way everybody was part of that Ayuk was part of it Jennings was part of it Debo was part of it Kittle was part of it and McCaffrey <laughs> and the guy right in the middle Brock Purdy it, they, they they did play an element in winning that game when they when they felt it I think the Niners have reason to be confident and and I I I think that there's too much not being said about what they did and what Brock Purdy did. Exactly. You have to give credit to the 49ers for doing what they did. They made the plays when they had to, you know, the old saying, good teams find ways to win, bad teams find ways to lose. Well, you know, the 49ers are a good team for a reason. Purdy made the throws. Jennings with the catch. Ayuk's catch, you know, to put him on the four and a half yard line was unbelievable you know, in that situation to set up the touchdown. But see, to me, that's where it rolls back to the momentum. If they had the momentum, they had that energy, they made these plays. And I question, would they have made those plays playing it all out if they were down 17 or did it happen? You know, I, I believe it happened somewhat because the Lions let them back in the game and the 49ers could feel it. And it was their opportunity to take advantage of it. But the Niners did a wonderful job and that's why they're in the Super Bowl. I am still a little nervous about Shanahan. I think he's an amazing overall coach. I think he's an amazing offensive mind. And I know that I'm holding his past against him with uh, offensive coordinator uh, meltdown a Super Bowl and then also uh, against the, the the Chiefs last time. And but I am like you talked about his stubbornness to, to start yesterday's game. And sure enough, you know, he did. It. Uh, I hope he's learning, too. You, you said, you know, Dan Campbell better have learned. I, I just I'm not I'm not as confident in Kyle Shanahan as I as I think I should be. I agree with you. You know, he's a genius. He he is one of the best coaches in the NFL. He knows offenses. He knows how to get the most out of his players. You know, sometimes though, th those geniuses just think they're a little too smart in the room and, and look, we're going to do it my way. I think it's the best. And they kind of lose track of the situation and what they're facing. And yes, the Niners are hands down the better team there, but Man, you played right into the Lions' game plan. The only shot the Lions had to win this game was exactly what the 49ers did the first half. To me, you got to be able to adjust game by game situation. Do we need to run it all this game? Do we need to pass it all this game? Hopefully there's a nice mix, but you have to be able to make those adjustments. 
And sometimes Shanahan just seems so stubborn. He's not willing to make those adjustments. And his dad had a very similar reputation uh, throughout a lot of his coaching career, especially as a head coach of that. It's like that Shanahan stubbornness. Yeah, absolutely. His dad had the same thing with the Broncos, et cetera, that, you know, you should win, but he stuck with what he believed in. And, and uh, sometimes it cost him. Phone number is 888-989-9811. Hi, Cody. Hey, guys. Hey, I'm going to try to make it quick. I got two comments. Um, so I noticed what the Lions, they were blowing us out of the water. But they, like in the second half, they could not catch the ball. And in, in first downs, that would have probably, you know, burned the clock up. But secondly, the Niners about give me a heart attack every time I watch them now because it seems like they need some kind of energy or momentum change. They can't just go out and play anymore. But that's all. I yeah, got. I, I, I'm I am. I'm a little stumped on the second one that that the Niners have come out flat or or unmotivated seemingly and and there's no reason for it they should be hungrier than ever team hasn't won a damn Super Bowl since 1995 um and and, and these guys have tasted it they've been so close most of the most of the roster and, and that that I don't know if that goes back to Shanahan if that goes back to the tone that's that's not being set or being or being set uh but I look man as a Niner fan I I don't these games are exciting, and and when when the result goes your way, it's like wow, that was great. But I I don't need this in my life every weekend. I, I'm with you, Cody. I, I I get it, and I'm we'll obviously talk more about the Super Bowl as we we get closer. Um, I I'm I, I they need to fix that. I, I I agree with you. The the Lions not catching the balls. I mean that was all that to me was all part of the Lions just falling apart in the second half. Yeah, the 49ers just have to start showing some urgency. They haven't done that. Look, they got to play from the opening bell. Come out, show urgency, show they are the team that they are. And again, the Lions part, to me, that was just part of the momentum swing. Uh Uh-oh, look, we're going to blow this. And suddenly they got alligator arms and couldn't make the easy (laughs) catches. And things that you need to do in order to overcome that. They just fell into that momentum swing, and the whole team followed. Uh, we got this email, rad at radradio.com. I'm going to add on to this. Uh, so, Steve, you'll have a multifaceted question here because it's directed at you. Uh, Jeff says, what is Steve's take on Jared Goff? Is he their quarterback, or do they move on? And I'll piggyback that with the comments that Dan Campbell made uh, after the game where he he said to his team, he said, you know what, we might have blown it. We might have blown our one chance. Uh, you know, Dan Campbell got there as a player technically twice. He was in the Super Bowl 2000 when the Giants lost. Uh, he won a, a ring with the Saints in 09, but he was on injured reserve the whole year. So he was fortunate enough to get to the Super Bowl twice. He knows how hard it is, and that's what he was saying. And, and I know the point of his speech was at the end to, to motivate them, to say, the only way we're going to do it is if we double down, if we work even harder, et cetera. So to you, the lifelong Lions fan, is Jared Goff your quarterback moving forward? I mean, I think he would be in the immediate. Um, and and how do you feel in general about next year? Because this should be a Lions team that has built, has built, has built, and you should, I would think you should feel like, okay, all we got to do is adjust a few things, and we're right back there next year. Yes, on the first part with Jared Goff, yeah, I think he is. I mean, I don't think he's an elite quarterback, but if you're going to change quarterbacks, who are you going to get who's better? And I, I think he's a, you know, top, eight to 13 quarterback in the league. He knows the system. He knows what he's doing. He's gotten really comfortable in Detroit with this offense. The players trust him. So to move on from him at this point doesn't make sense. I wouldn't go out and sign him to like a seven, eight year contract, but you know, if you reward him with a three, four, five year contract, 
I'm I'm fully on board. The second part is, and why I would also give him that three, four, five year contract is I'm really happy with where the Lions are at in today's day. I've seen them bad for so long. I I still believe they should win this division. I'm not as confident as I was last year with the way they finished because Green Bay mm-hmm. has looked really good at the end of this season. They are young. They are going to be very tough to beat in years moving forward. But as long as the Lions can continue building on what they're doing, they had a great draft last year, so they got a, they had four impact rookies on this team. You continue with solid drafts and that mentality that Campbell brings. I think the future's bright for the Lions. They may not make a Super Bowl, but there's absolutely every reason to believe they should be in the playoffs and or in playoff contention every year for the next several years. Yeah, I mean, as, as somebody with no emotional connection, I look at the Lions as a powerhouse in the NFC for years to come. I think the battle between them and the Packers, the way from what we've seen this year, should be fairly epic next year uh, moving forward. But I, 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 I think the, the Lions are very well positioned to be one of the, 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 the top-tier teams in the NFC. for, And I just love Dan Campbell. Just, no matter what he did yesterday, I still think he's a hell of a coach and a motivator. We got this email. Uh, from Adam, he says, Rob, why not more questions or scrutiny on the Niners' defensive coordinator? This is two playoff games in a row where the defense has been basically shredded. Their pass rush is is hurting. We, they've been bad against the run all year. Bosa has not been Bosa most of this year. He had a, a big sack uh, early in the game yesterday. I don't know if that's if that's the defensive coordinator, um, but I agree, Steve. The Niners' defense was... It was like the defense of the Ronnie Lott days seemingly in the beginning of the season. Not so much the last few games. Yeah, no, not at all. And if you think about the money that they're spending on that defensive line, I mean, that's a big part of what their payroll is. And to get this little production out of it, I I, I think they were middle of the pack in sacks. So it wasn't like they were like the Ravens and they led the league in sacks. They can't stop the run when you run it right at them. You know, you watch the Lions with the the blocking and they would just, your end would just, you know, collapse in and look, we're going to bring the guy over. We're going to trick you to go in inside. They weren't disciplined with that defensive line at all. So if you're not stopping the run and you can't get to the quarterback, what are you really doing? And to me, you know, it could be the defensive quarter. It could be the defensive line coach. But I think the 49ers really have to take a big look at that defense, especially that front line with the amount of money, and figure out because it's not performing to expectations. Well, and and for me, they got two weeks to figure it out because that's the biggest thing that scares me about who they're going to be playing in the Super Bowl, which brings us to the fact there was another game yesterday, and that led us to the Super Bowl matchup that Steve predicted would occur way back in September. We'll talk about all of it after this. Mix Picks, the Mix Picks Sports Show. Let's go! Call the Mix Picks Sports Show at 888-989-9811. You can email us, rad at radradio.com. Uh, we got uh, this one uh, it's, uh, earlier today. It says, uh, Rob, I heard you say that you thought the Chiefs-Ravens game was terrible and boring. I respectfully disagree. While I think Lamar Jackson is overrated, he folds like a cheap tent in the playoffs. He only averages 16 points per game during the playoffs and 28 in the regular season. I couldn't be more happy they lost. I think the game was great but not exciting. Andy Reid and Steve Spagnola put together a great game plan on both sides of the ball. 
While the Chiefs only scored 17 points, they held the ball and beat a historically good defense. Mahomes completed his first 11 passes and kept the Ravens' defense off kilter all game. The defense contained Lamar Jackson in the pocket and exposed him for what he is, a good quarterback, but not elite, something I've already heard from Steve. The game also showed what Mahomes is elite and might end up being the best ever at bringing his entire team up to his level. Great game, great in-game aspects, but not exciting like the Lions and Niners. Those are all fair points. I think I think my takeaway from watching it was I was annoyed that I wasn't getting Lamar Jackson's best. You always want to see two teams beat each other, play at each other at their best, with their best players. This is why I, I, I've never understood fans that like root for injuries or want to want to beat somebody on, on their, their worst day. That that's that that doesn't it's not compelling to me. And, and that, I think that's what I meant by it. You're right. There were a lot of exciting things. I mean, not only the uh, uh, Mahomes in his first 11 passes, Travis Kelsey. Well, I mean, just solidifying uh, what a Hall of Fame tight end he is, maybe the best ever. Um, there were some very impressive aspects. Let's start, though, since they're gone with those Ravens, Steve. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he, he's going to win the MVP. I mean, that would be a shocker if he didn't. I know that you said exactly that. Uh, he texted me. This is why I can't say that Lamar Jackson's elite but my god he was he was on fire coming into this game and i just i, I don't know who that guy was yesterday that showed up hats off to the chiefs and their game plan they took the ravens football and played the ravens with their style chiefs ran the ball 32 times they dominated the time of possession they dominated field position they totally took the Ravens out of their game, relied on their defense. And we've been talking all year long. This Chiefs defense is underrated. They're the number two defense in the league. And they showed up yesterday. And it was awesome to watch. Yes, it wasn't the most exciting. But, man, it was great to watch. The thing that surprised me the most about it, though, was the – Ravens players started losing their discipline. You know, this is normally a very well-coached team, and they started, you know, getting unraveled that. We saw the penalties, you know, the Zay Flowers fumble into the end zone, which would have helped change that because it would have put, you know, the Ravens down only three at the time. Then he goes over to the bench. He punches the bench, cuts up his hand. They already know that they you know, don't have a whole lot of depth at wide receivers. Mark Andrews was back, but he wasn't the same. But just breaking down the Chiefs, 32 runs. That's what the Ravens do. Kelsey, 11 catches, 116 yards and a touchdown. Normally the Ravens, their top wide receivers are tight end and Mark Andrews. They threw the ball when they needed to to keep it going and to move the chains with first downs and dominated time of possession. All those things are what the Ravens do. <laughs> the Chiefs did it, and the Ravens, and again, get up quickly. KC comes out, scores are up 17-7, and we all said and have said for years, Lamar Jackson isn't built to come back from double digits down. Chiefs knew this, got up 10. At that point, to me, game was over. And through all that dissertation, Let's not forget, Mahomes was 30 of 39, 241 yards, threw a touchdown. He 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 did what Patrick Mahomes does. And so we get a rematch of uh, the Niners and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl uh, right away. Uh, yesterday, somebody remembered and, and emailed in, uh, red at radradio.com. Dimitri said, uh, Steve said it in September, 49ers, Chiefs, you did. And you said that the 49ers 
would win uh, the Super Bowl at the time. Let me uh, get a couple other emails in here, and we'll, we'll start to do our first initial uh, preview based on everything we've talked about here. Um, Robert says, uh, Rob, I know you feel the Niners will win. <laughs> I don't know why you think that, as does Steve, but it's Patrick Mahomes. I believe Steve said as long as there is time and Mahomes is behind center, you can't count them out. Do you really feel they will win if KC is down by, say, three with less than two on the clock. But if, if that's my scenario that you're giving me, Robert, the only way that I would still feel good is if they scored too quickly and the Niners had one more chance because uh, because of the Mahomes factor. And that takes us to Andrew, who says, what are your thoughts on the defense looking, the Niners defense looking stoned and sleepy the last two games? Mahomes will go fast to score. This is where we ended our last break with. As we get ready for the Super Bowl and we start to look ahead, we talk about the, the Niners defense previously in the last segment that they just looked sluggish. They've looked out of sorts. Uh, they're not playing up to where they were halfway through the season. You got the Patrick Mahomes factor. No, it scares me to death as a Niners fan. I, I, I see what the Niners are. I get the talent. I, I, I've got to tell you, I give the edge to the Chiefs when it comes to coaching for what we talked about before. Uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan cannot be stubborn in the Super Bowl. He's already lost to the Chiefs once. Andy Reid is is he's one of these guys that I did not have the right amount of respect for when he was coaching the Eagles. He's a hell of a coach. He's proven that. He's a he's a brilliant mind. And so initially, Steve, as we go as we get ready to go into this Super Bowl, I I certainly don't think you know Niner fans. We heard last week Niners sports radio and everything that was oh the Niners were going to pummel the Lions. And I said no 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 do not we that better not be the attitude that the Niners have. I don't believe there's any reason for Niner fans to be walking around high fiving themselves saying all right we're going to tie we're going to get our sixth trophy it's in the bag. If for no other reason, you got Mahomes, you got Kelsey, you got Reed on the other side of this thing. I this this should be one of those Super Bowls to me that is a a very close barn burner game. And and earlier today, you were kind of telling me, eh, I don't know, Rob. Well, I, I'm hoping it's a really close game, and I agree, Andy Reid. And one of the things I love about Andy Reid as a head coach is he adjusts to his personnel, he adjusts his game plan. He is one of the best coaches at making adjustments at a halftime. And I just, you know, he does what he needs to do to win. Patrick Mahomes is magic. I, I, that's all I can say. As long as he has a chance to win the game, I can never count him out. If you give the Chiefs the ball down three, Mahomes has two timeouts or one timeout in his pocket, and he has the ball, I'm saying the game's either going to overtime or they're going in because he just does it time and time again. And, you know, I, I would say we're probably going to at least overtime in that, but you know, and that's where I'd like to see Shanahan make some adjustments, play to their strengths, but understand if exploit the opponent's weaknesses too. You can't just always play to your own strengths. And the I don't know, you know, we've talked a lot on this show already about how things get into players' minds and how much it does or doesn't affect them in the moment. I mean, when you're on the field and you're you're playing the game, it's almost muscle memory that kicks in, I think, and especially when you're one of the great or some of the greats with Mahomes and, and Kelsey. It is, it's long been said, one of the hardest things to do in sports is repeat in the NFL as champions. It was what, oh four when the Patriots did it, I think it was. And and here they are. The Chiefs are positioned to to repeat. And, and I don't know how if that plays into anything in in their minds, but it's, uh, it's. I mean, I to me, if anything, Steve, it elevates. I think 
the motivation for the Chiefs, especially with all these rumors that we've talked about that maybe Travis Kelsey is looking to retire after this year with his brother, uh, Jason, so they go into the Hall of Fame together. They go off. They do their podcast. I mean, they've got the number one podcast in the country now. They finally unseated Joe Rogan. They, this is their time. These rumors of Andy Reid, that, that the Chiefs the Chiefs organization actually started these rumors unknowingly. Boy, they let it go that we're prepared for Reid to walk away. And I think I think at least one of those, if not both of those things, happens if – if they win, and I don't know what that plays into the Super Bowl, and I think it's normal as a fan to be a little nervous uh, uh, at this point, and I am. Uh, I, I, we'll see how I feel a week from Friday. I see all the talent the Niners have, but, man, that that the Chiefs are stacked, and maybe because I've been there already once and seen saw what they could do to the Niners in the Super Bowl, that's got me a little wounded as well. Yeah, I if I'm Reed or I'm Kelsey and they win another Super Bowl, so they're two-time defending champions – in all honesty, I'm walking away from the game because I don't believe we're going to go three in a row. Let's go out on top. You know, Reed is one of the greatest coaches to ever coach in the NFL. Travis Kelsey, to me, is arguably the best tight end to ever play in the NFL. You have to look at the quality of life for Travis Kelsey. You don't want a devastating injury that's not going to, you know, allow you to have the freedom to do whatever you want the rest of your life because of you know struggling to walk or anything like that so for me and the reason i think jason hasn't fully announced it yet is the outcome of this game is going to determine it you know if the chiefs win i wouldn't be surprised at all if kelsey retired and and you know jason kind of threw gasoline on that fire yesterday after the the on-field celebration he made some comments where um, he was talking about the Eagles and he was talking about them in first person. We have a lot to do next season. I'm looking forward to getting not not getting back out there. I don't have it right in front of me, but but the answering the things that we and, and let's remind everybody. I mean, if you listen to a sports show, you probably know he's he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, Jason Kelsey, amazing center for the Eagles. And and then he he he, he said that statement and he didn't backtrack. And he said. As for me, I don't know what's going to happen because there's all this misreporting, misunderstanding. He has not retired. He has not given any type of, of announcement. And the other thing that he said was he said it's hard to walk away from the game in when you're in this environment, my, meaning I'm on the field celebrating with my brother. And so he, he kind of left the window open that if the Chiefs lose – would both brothers play at least one more season because they they do want to coordinate this thing? So that's all that's gobbledygook. This thing as well. Yeah, I get that. You know, on on the Kelsey saying, you know, we he's an eagle for life. Right. I, I mean, if he said anything different, I'd be surprised. I mean, Barry Sanders is a lion for life. He's not playing, but I would like to think that he refers to the Lions as we as Kelsey will, you know, the rest of his life. It, it is tough in that environment. If they lose, I do believe they'll both come back. If they win, I do believe they both will retire and walk away from the game. The game has been great to them. They're going into hall of fame, first ballot hall of famers, both Jason and Travis, and they've had outstanding careers. And as you said, they're on top of the world. They're in commercials everywhere. Their podcast has gone. Number one, uh, both have great personalities, you know, let's get what else they can do. And uh, Vegas basically has this as a pick em for the most part. The Niners opened up uh, two and a half point favorites, I believe. They're down to, you said, uh, they're down to one in a, in a lot of places. So, I mean, that is basically what we're saying. It's, it's going to be super close and you're picking the winner. 
Uh, absolutely here. And there isn't that bias of, you know, all the years the Patriots were in it, it was you're either for the Patriots or you're against the Patriots. The opponent didn't really matter. Chiefs have been so successful. 49ers have been so successful. So I like the fact that they're actually, in my opinion, handicapping this game and not just going with their love or hatred for a team. I, I think you're seeing a lot of that because, you know, most likely if you don't like the Chiefs, unless you're from the Bay Area, you probably don't like the 49ers either. So it's it's a good football game. You have two great teams. Again, Patrick Mahomes, possibly the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not ready to have him dethrone Tom Brady yet. But what he has done in his career, and he's still so young, boy, he, he really could become the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, I found the, the Jason Kelsey quote, so I'll give you the context. And uh, we got an email we got to read from Matthew. We got to touch on the NBA. They got some really big games tonight. We'll be back after this. Knicks Picks, the Mix Picks Sports Show. The Mix Pick Sports Show. Got a hot take? Email us at rad at radradio.com. And we got this one from Matthew. He says, uh, sorry about that. Uh, he's uh, talking about uh, the uh, upcoming Super Bowl matchup. He says, there's something I see amongst the Chiefs and Niners that elevate them above other teams. It's the second effort. Debo, McCaffrey, Kittle, Pacheco, Kelsey. None of those guys go down on the first hit. It takes two to three to four players to take them down. They are relentless when they want to be. They are t- two great teams when it comes to uh, the yak and all of that should uh, contribute to a really good game a week from Sunday, which we have plenty of time to talk about. I do have the, the Jason Kelsey quote, as I mentioned, and, and we'll get back to But I got, we got to squeeze this in for time purposes since, like I said, we have so much time to go over all things football uh, related. There's a dozen NBA games tonight, Steve. Uh, regionally, a lot of people most interested in the Kings game. They're on the road. Uh, they've won three in a row. They're at Memphis. Memphis sucks. I know the game is in Memphis. To me, this is a get-well game for the Kings. Uh, This should not be a tough night for the the Sacramento Kings. Good basketball again. They've won three straight. They are going up against a Grizzlies team that is really just playing out the season. John Morant came back briefly uh, before he got injured and is out for the remainder of the season. So this Memphis Grizzly team isn't that good. You know, the the area of concern is the Grizzlies have actually covered four straight games going into this game. But to me, whenever I see something like that, a bad team that's covered four in a row, I tend to like to go against them. So if I was looking at this game, nine's a big number, but I would be looking at playing the Kings. Couple of a uh, couple of great matchups though too tonight. Uh, Minnesota at Oklahoma City, Milwaukee at Denver. I mean, they just jump right off of the schedule tonight. Yeah, Minnesota and OKC, I believe the Thunder are two-and-a-half-point favorites here. Both teams having great seasons. You know, Shea for the uh, Thunder, he is just unbelievable. They got a lot of good role players on that team, too, that can contribute on any night. Minnesota, you know, you got the Carl Anthony Towns, you got Anthony Edwards, just great, great player uh this wolves team is really good we had high expectations for them last year they just didn't play well as a team but they are a really good team i don't think they're you know the top two or three yet in the west because i still think the nuggets and the clippers are the best two teams out of the west right now and possibly you know outside of the celtics you know, those are the three best teams in the NBA. And I mean, Oklahoma City, Minnesota, they've got identical records. You mentioned uh, the Clippers. Uh, they're uh, they're they're at Cleveland. And, and I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland's no slouch this year. I mean, this is a great night of matchups in the NBA. 
Yeah, it is. You know, the Clippers are really playing great basketball right now. The Cavs, they're a fun team to watch. I like watching. They just can't stay healthy. That's been the problem with the Cavs the last couple of years. But you look at it, the Clippers are are riding a five-game winning streak into this game. Uh, The line currently on the game has the Clippers as a one to a a one-and-a-half point favorite. So, you know, this is pretty much a pick game, but it's just – Clippers are playing great basketball. But again, when you're playing quality teams, it's tough to win on the road. So I I would lean towards the Clippers just because I do believe they are a better team. But this Cavs team might be able to give them a fight. So do you lean towards Denver then? Even because Milwaukee's got to go to Denver. I mean, there's two quality teams and you say it's hard to win on the road. So do you give the nod to the Nuggets? Well, I I like the Nuggets right now. The, the, The Bucks. We all know Doc Rivers is coming in as their head coach. They have to figure out this defense. You know, they knew it when they when they made their trade to bring in Damian Lillard to the guard and, you know, trade away Drew Holiday that they weren't going to be the same defensive team. I just don't think they were expecting it to be this bad. The Nuggets starting five is really good. They have bench strength as well. I, I believe the Nuggets are a better team here. So Nuggets at home. Uh, at four point favorites, you know, that's something that as a fan, I'm rooting for a good game. But if you made me take my spot, I, I would look towards playing the Nuggets. How quickly do you think the Doc Rivers effect can take hold in Milwaukee? Because that defense, what they went from like fourth to 22nd, if I remember correctly. And, and, and I mean, that's why they're bringing them in. And, and how quickly can he turn that around? I think it's going to take some time because he's going to have to change that whole philosophy on this team that, look, it's no longer about the offense. You're going to have to get back on defense and the players. That's the key. The players have to buy in. He can say whatever he wants and try to put in his style of defense. If the players don't buy in. It's never going to happen. So he's got to get the buy in. I don't think they're going to buy in immediately. I think they're going to have to okay, look, I'll give it a try. Let's see what we do. And if there's success, I think he'll get more and more buy-in. I'm just not convinced that Doc Rivers is really going to be able to fix this and take the Bucks to the championship series, which is anything short of that's a disappointment for Milwaukee. It is, now, is Doc Rivers in your mind, is, is he in that point where it, the game's passed him by? Do you, do you think he's lost a step as a coach? I'm not saying the game has lost, you know, he's lost a step. I, I think he's a really good coach. My question is, is, is he enough of an X and O's coach to win in the playoffs when it comes time? He he can motivate his players, but we've watched him time and time in the postseason, you know, go up 3-1, go up 3-2, and he just can't close it out. And, you know, the Bucks aren't the best team in the East. I'm not sure he's a good enough coach. I think this is his last stop. So if he can't get it done with the Bucs, yeah. I, I think his coaching career is over. He, he might be able to. I'm just not convinced he will. On the other end of the spectrum, just looking at the at the, the, the the games tonight, the one that jumps out the other way, um, how much do the 76ers beat Portland by tonight? <laughs> well, Portland's not very good. They've just <laughs> been playing. Uh, they, play, they had a good game the other day. The Sixers need a win. It gets into Joel Embiid the other night. Embiid was out, and the Sixers played tough to lose late in that game. Um, The Sixers team is a really good team. They're actually, I believe, a better team than they were last year with James Harden on the team because now they can use Maxi and allow him to do what he needs to do. 
10 on the road is just so tough because there's <laughs> such big swings in the NBA. You see teams all the time up by 20. Next thing you know, here they come, and they've cut the lead to seven or eight. So the 10's a tough spot to lay, especially on the road in the NBA. We, we haven't been able to get too much into the NBA just because of the time of the year it is, and it's a long season. But uh, just to kind of bring everything back, you know, the Lions, long-suffering fans and, and such – at New York Knicks fans, right? They 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 have been like just beaten. Are they for real this year? Because they're they're pretty good so far. Well, they were playing really well. Julius Randle's having a great year, and then he got hurt. He separated yeah. his shoulder. I believe in their last game. Not exactly sure how long he's going to be out. They've been playing really well. Knicks are a good team. They play good defense. Uh, Brunson has really helped this team out. Brunson's been a big addition to that team. Are they good enough and do they have the depth? No. And the injury to Randall really hurt them and made them take a step back. Let me go back, uh, since I promised I would, to uh, Jason Kelsey and the things that he said, uh, both in an interview with the Philadelphia Inquirer on, and then on the field uh, as well, that's making some people think that he has announced his retirement from the Eagles. And are he and Travis trying to coordinate? And, and would it matter if the Chiefs won the Super Bowl or not? He has, his exact quote was, as a Philadelphia Eagle, he was asked about the, the season. He says, as a Philadelphia Eagle, incredibly disappointing season, especially at the end of it. He goes on to say, I really, really look forward to next year. I love, I look forward to trying to prove people wrong, especially with some of the recent hires and Nick Sirianni. And there's a lot of things up in the air for the Philadelphia Eagles. So at first, he he's as an Eagle, and he's looking forward to next year, and he's looking forward to proving people wrong. And then he separates it and says, there's a lot of things up in the air for the Philadelphia Eagles, as though he's not one. But I think that as a player, now he is one, you always look forward to go into battle with your guys. And then he clarified his comments were not an indication of his plans, going on to say, quote, and I don't know what's going to happen for me, but I do know I still want to be involved in the organization, blah, 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 blah. And there was a separate interview where he said, it's hard to walk away when you're in this environment. And that's what's led. I want everybody to hear it. That's what's led to people going, we don't know what the Kelsey boys are doing. Yeah, it is. And I get it. You know, I think he's going to need a good month after the Super Bowl to sit down, evaluate, you know, talk with the wife, talk with the family, figure out, you know, how do you want to proceed? He's had a great career. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best centers to play in the NFL right now with where he's at. He can pretty much pick and choose whatever he wants to do going forward. He could play another season. I'd like to believe that all those opportunities are still there. So if he has that competitive edge, but he needs to do what's best for him and his family. And if it's walk away, he's got to be willing to live with it. You know, we see these athletes, Tom Brady retires, then he comes back, <laughs> but then we find out he's going through a divorce. Well, in all honesty, if I'm going through a divorce and my personal life has really changed, I want to go back to what I know best, which is playing football. But, you know, if you don't have that turmoil in your life and you have that, you know, you need to be able to walk away and know it's the right choice for you and and stand by it. And I don't believe for a second, like we talked about earlier, that he and Travis aren't discussing this as a, as a tandem unit. Uh, they, we know that they both have aspirations outside of the game, after the game, uh, with with things in showbiz and things like that. And, and I really do believe, like you said earlier, the outcome of the Super Bowl will play into to Jason's decision maybe as much as Travis's. Absolutely. I, I believe that because I do believe they're close. I love the story that Travis Kelsey wears 87 because that's the year that Jason Kelsey was born. <laughs> yeah. Never knew that. You, you know, you didn't know what the tie was, but that's a lot of respect for your brother that you're wearing his number 
you know, to show that respect for my older brother and the year that he was born, you know, so you know they're close, they're a tight-knit family. And again, they have aspirations to take where they're at because they're on top of the world right now. They, they, they can pretty much name what they want to do. And, you know, it's probably a good thing if they do win the Super Bowl. I, I keep going to it. Walk away. Go take those opportunities, but have no regrets. That's the key. Have no regrets that you walked away. And now that I've actually read it word for word, I'm with you. There's nothing in here. This is how guys talk. He's always been an Eagle. He's going to say, as a Philadelphia Eagle, he is still a player. There's nothing indicative of which way he's leaning now that I've actually read the words. That, that's people trying to, that's clickbait, people trying to make a story where there isn't one. I'm so glad we have two full weeks to uh, to not only, you know, get ready for the Super Bowl, lots of things we didn't get to today. That's why we do this every day now. Yeah, we'll talk about the Ravens uh, moving forward at some point, maybe tomorrow uh, after their loss, because we didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, and we will definitely be on these uh, NBA games tomorrow as well. Steve, thanks for, uh, thanks for a great day one as we count down to the Super Bowl. Uh, and I'll see you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Mix. Thanks.